Welcome back to the Gator Congregation. I'm your host, Juan Aguerrovere, and I'm joined by Marco Martinez and John Michali. How are you guys? <laughs> no, we're good, good, man. We're good. We're vibing right now, just enjoying July 4th weekend. Did I just say July 4th? That sounds so un-American. <laughs> 4th of July weekend here at Avenue Key West. Just vibing, man. How about you, John? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I just got back to Gainesville. I'm just chilling. Yeah, John's actually sitting right next to me as we speak. It's good to have some company again. I've been lonely this past <laughs> few weeks. But um, yeah, we're going to dig into episode 12. And episode 12, of course, is a special one first because we have three people on the podcast. We don't have this way too many times. But we're going to talk about the FIFA Women's World Cup final in between the Netherlands and the United States of America. What a time to be alive. <laughs> All right. First, we're going to talk about the Netherlands. I want to ask you guys a couple of questions about them. Let's get to know the Netherlands a little bit better. Um, Sophia did a good job in the earlier parts of the podcast. But now, um, John, I want to go back in the past and I want to ask you how um, did the Netherlands perform against New Zealand and what did you see in that game? What players did he see? What did he see that they did in the game that's special? Marco, you can add whatever you want. Yeah. So yeah. So, I, yeah, so uh, I was covering New Zealand for um, the group stages, and their game against the Netherlands. It was a little while ago, but New Zealand would lost that game one zero. The Netherlands won. It was an exciting game in the first half, um, and it was pretty end to end stuff at one point. And like there was a lot of shots. Both teams hit the post. Do you remember, uh, Marco? We were watching that game uh, in the studio here. Yes. Yes. I yeah. Do remember it, that. It was, was exciting crazy. in the first half, but then. The second half comes around and New Zealand parks the bus big time. Netherlands just dominates possession and they they scored the winner in like the 92nd minute, like at end of added time. It was crazy stuff. Like New Zealand defended well and like they were kind of unlucky to lose the game. But like with an attack as good as the Netherlands is, that's just like what happens when they get enough chances and enough uh, crosses in. The final goal originated from a cross and the, the Netherlands as a team is one that likes to cross a lot. So that that proved oh. to be uh, New Zealand's downfall in that game. Gotcha. And yeah. New Zealand, New Zealand is clearly a smaller team than the U.S. And Mark, I mean, everybody knows this by now. But um, what do you think? By the, smaller, do you mean do you mean height wise or like underdog wise? Uh, underdog wise. I'm sorry, Mark. Oh no, I'm no, just... for sure, for sure. <laughs> I completely agree with you. Like I just mentioned before, when we, when we were reading notes, the yeah. Netherlands are actually coming into this final game as underdogs by a plus 725 margin, man. And if you bet on the USA, you're only going to get like 25 bucks back. <laughs> if you bet 100 bucks on the Netherlands, you're making $800 in your bank account. So, guys, <laughs> bet on the Netherlands. <laughs> Trust. Marco, what have you seen about like what have you seen about the Netherlands? I know that they face Canada and they face Sweden. Um, I remember perfectly in that Canada game that they definitely shut them down. And Sinclair, who's a striker, um, did score a goal. It was a nice goal. The game ended 2-1. But she was gone for most of that match. And the Netherlands pretty much did whatever they wanted. They hit the post. They got close. They make their, world, their goalkeeper uh, work a lot. And they finished off winning. And now they're here. But what did you see in that game? And what did you see in that game against Sweden that just happened in the semifinal match? Yeah, so in the game against the Netherlands and the Canada, like you mentioned, they completely shut down Sinclair. And what's crazy about that is that Sinclair is possibly the most prominent striker for Canada all time. At 31 years of age, excuse me, 34, she's has been an absolute baller for them. But I think the biggest issue here coming up with that whole Canadian team was that Netherlands defense, that back line is just a monster. 
they're so in sync in the way that they just perform together. That team chemistry is always on point. And the same thing happened with Sweden. When you got players like Dominique Bloodworth and you got... Number five? Yeah, number five. There you go. Kika Van Ice, bro. Sorry. I, was, I got, I got a little you. brain There's fart more. there. Yeah, a little you got brain John fart. By your side. With, with those two defenders right there, they're just phenomenal. And I feel like it's it's... It's not only that their vision with intercepting the ball, but it's the way that they maintain their ball control and start distributing forward for their flanks, like and their wingers, uh, like Sharita Spitze, and you got your forwards like Vivian Medima and Leek Martins for the Netherlands, who are just monsters up front. Now, the same you could say with Sweden. Sweden, everybody knows that they have tremendous attackers with yeah. Stina Blacksinius, Jacobson, you got Janogi coming off the bench, and Lena Hurtig. All of those four names that I just men mentioned are superstars in that entire country. Yet when they faced up against the Netherlands, they, it's not that they choked. It's just that they met up with a better defensive line that they've met with in the entire tournament other than U.S. when they went against them in their Group F matchup. But what's crazy about this, this Netherlands squad, like I mentioned when we were talking about notes, is that they're just so young. And they're just so inexperienced because this has only been their second ever World Cup appearance and their first ever World Cup final. Now, when you start talking about their age, most of them average around 26 years old and lower. And when you look at the USA side, everyone's like above 30 and six of their starters are definitely above 30 years old, have experience and have been in this World Cup final before. So I just feel like that's tremendous. But I do feel like Netherlands has a good chance in this game coming up, they are underdogs, yeah. but yeah. don't count them out. I mean, Ajax was so close to winning that Champions League this year. And, I mean, they averaged, like, what, 24 years of age? Super young. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Don't, I don't see, per se, I don't see an experience in this Netherlands side. What I see is a team... Well, I'm talking about an experience in the World Cup. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Not, yeah. not, not with their football I talent. I just, wanted to like, I just wanted to like make sure that the listeners are you know understanding completely. Uh -huh. But yeah, this is their second World Cup, right? Um, and they are inexperienced in big tournaments. But look, they won that tournament, the Euro, um, the not Euro so long 2017. ago, like 2017. And now they're in another final. They find themselves in another final. And I think it's part like mostly because of their ability. They're all like kind of like the same age and they're all on the same page. Um, you can see it in the field. They can hold possession as a team. Of course, there's other p teams that hold possession better than um, than the Netherlands, and we've saw them during the tournament, like Spain, yeah. may um, definitely the U.S. But they work together, and they all have put like a little piece um, in this World Cup. They've all had their time where they shine. You know, either scoring a goal or giving assists. We have Spitza. Not many people are talking about her, yeah. but she is leading the assist in the tournament from that left side. Like John said earlier, those crosses don't come from thin air. Those crosses come from Pizza when Lieke Martins is going into the box to get that flick goal that she got against, I think, Japan. You see, that's that's when they combine. They're able to combine, get in those wide positions. And that's something that's going to help them about the U.S. Now, um, is there anything – what do you think about the style, um, Marco and John? Uh, the, the style that they play, what, do you think they're going to play more of a possessive style or they're going to let the U.S. have the ball and see what they do from there with the counters? John, uh, you want to go first? Yeah, I just want to say that the Netherlands, they haven't really sat back too much this tournament. They kind of went at Sweden and they definitely went at Italy earlier on. I mean, they dominated Italy in that game. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. And I know their attackers are f like legit. 
I'm glad you, yeah. you talked about their defense, Marco, because I've I've have personally just been focusing on their attackers mostly. So it'll be interesting. I mean, the attackers are definitely a focal point for them, and I don't know how much they're gonna sit back. The U.S. is, we know. I mean, we know how good the U.S. are, but I don't know. What do you think, Marco? Look, honestly, I when you mentioned Juan, when you were saying about if they're gonna let the USA have the possessive type of game, I don't yeah. think it's about letting. I I feel like the Netherlands don't really have a choice. The USA are so ball control, yeah. uh, that, controlling. They're yeah. so ball demanding and, and possessive at all times. And what's crazy is that they're just going to be dominant on all their shots. Their accuracy is on point, and they're going to definitely rely on just maintaining the ball on the attacking side of the Netherlands. However, you got to pay attention to those two strikers that we mentioned with Medima, and you got Mertens as well. They're going to be paying attention in that counterattack. So it's going to be a back-and-forth game. If you're expecting a low-scoring game, then you're absolutely wrong. This final is going to be just huge scoring, top-notch golazos. Yeah, and that's what we hope. With, that's with what the we whole, expect. Yeah, no, I really, I really do expect that. Now, what's crazy is that a lot of people don't really mention this woman, but I feel like she's been balling out. Can you guys guess who I'm going to talk about? Van der Donk? Nope, close. Shanice Van de Sanden. <laughs> gotcha. Dude, she is so nasty. She used to have leopard hair, man, and she's crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's 26 years old. She's been balling out, and what's crazy is that she usually comes off the bench, but she provides such speed on the right flank, it's ridiculous. Whenever you find her open, you better give her the ball because she's either going to do an enormous cross or just cut in like uh, Arjun Robin, hmm. the, the amazing Dutch soccer player who just retired, I believe, a day ago, yeah. and just score off the, those finesse right kicks. Yeah, Excuse I... me, th those finesse kicks with her left or right foot. That's... So she's definitely a lethal weapon that comes off the bench and that you could honestly compare, not with stati statistic-wise, but more like talent-wise with Carly Lloyd. Gotcha. also comes off the bench for the u.s they're both super subs that's interesting marco and it's like the netherlands haven't haven't sat back this tournament a lot and they haven't been a counter-attacking team but they they're kind of built for it with how many good attackers they have and that speed you're talking about coming off the bench yeah they've had some instances where where they do counter-attack and 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 what you're saying is Maybe they don't aim to do that, but when no, they do they it, usually do, they usually have more possession. Yeah. But they can definitely you could see how they that could the counterattacking thing and sitting back could work really well for them. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that because what's crazy about Netherlands is that in a couple of their games, like I was looking at their stats before we started this against Canada, and they ended that game with a forty eight percent possession wise, compared to a Canada's team who's not that strong in the midfield, who ended with fifty two. But then you look at their game against Sweden in the semifinals yeah. where they won one to nothing in overtime. They had 58% of the possession against a Swedish team that has amazing midfielders like Kosovari, Aslani, you got Rubinson and Jakobsen. Like they're just all amazing players that know how to control tempo yeah. and try to keep pushing that ball momentum up the field or or if they know how to set back and try to create chances and initiate ball passes towards the middle but then you look at the usa squad and they're just like all stars they're they every single player on that team is amazing players like julie ertz lindsey oran and Lo rose lavelle. lavelle they're all talented lavelle, players that just know how to control the midfield and i just feel like i honestly can't say this enough that this is just going to be such an even game yeah especially in the midfield it yeah. really is. 
I think it's safe to say that we know about the Netherlands a little bit more and the listeners are now a little bit better informed. And Marco, I want you to talk to me about some USA soccer. What has this team been doing? I know John has been following the USNWT so far. Of course. Uh, so please feel free to eavesdrop on whatever Marco has to say. If he says something that you agree with, <laughs> oh, yeah. be like, yo, I agree. Yeah, just chime in for sure. Exactly. Look. It's kind of hard to not even pay attention to the USWNT. Look, right now I'm with my girlfriend's family here at Tavernier, and three of these girls don't even watch soccer at all. And they But know what's up. They, they still come out on the news, all these celebration fiascos and scandals that have that just don't make any sense with Quote Alex Morgan scandals. and Megan Rapinoe. Yeah. You're definitely going to see that on the news. And, and it, it gets people's attention. So you start thinking about it. Like, you know, it really comes down to it is like, good or bad publicity it's it's still publicity and it's still going to get people going and start talking about this final and this amazing u.s squad with all their talented players now moving forward yeah when you got players like alex morgan and megan rapino on your squad dude it's just hard to not pay attention to them because not only are they talented players but they're like great activists for the sport of women's soccer They just put it out there and they want the sport to be just as equal as men's soccer. Because honestly, after watching the Copa America today with Argentina and Chile, they are so dirty and they dive so much that it just gets ridiculous, man. Yeah. Like you look at a women's soccer game and they don't dive half as much. So you got to respect it more. Um, on top of that, when you start looking at the actual USA players from the goalie all the way to the, the striker and the head coach, Joe Ellis has been remarkable with all these formations, these tactical lineups, especially in the semifinals game when she didn't even start the star, Megan Rapinoe, yeah, was due it, to a, what, what, what uh, it was, like a, a little injury that she had. She didn't even warm up. Yeah. People thought that she was going to ball out because I she scored the last four goals for the U.S. in yeah. two games. And that's, But then out of nowhere, she doesn't even start. Yeah, that's a question I wanted to ask. Kristen yeah. Press, and she scores the first goal. So it all yeah. comes down to the genius head coach Joe Ellis who's playing this this sport like if it's a chess game on her computer just balling out yeah no and I, I was impressed by that decision but I said it that Megan Rapino was gonna have a really harsh time with Lucy bronze on that well yeah, on England's yeah, yeah. right side and then I see Christian press somebody who's taller somebody who's faster and more direct like Tobin Heath mm -hmm. start on that left wing and what do you have? I'll go on the first 15 minutes from yeah. across and Christian Press, who is taller, which I think Rapino would have never scored that goal if she was in that specific situation where she saying. has to jump over <laughs> Lucy Bronze and she scores the first goal and there it is. First goal, one step forward, right step forward into the right direction and the USA beat England successfully after benching their player that's yeah. the most in form at the moment. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah did he, John, John, did you see that game? What else did you see? Yeah. What, what did you see in that game? It's crazy. The U.S. are so spoiled, like, depth-wise off the mm -hmm. bench, dude. Press coming in. Press is no slouch either. Like, not, it's not at that, all. She's like, amazing. She's one of my favorite players. Yeah, I, I like her a yeah, lot, too. She might be my favorite player. For sure, Rapino's <laughs> clearly been balling out, but Press, I mean... If you, if you want someone to start instead of Rapino, like, press is a good option. 
And then like Carly Lloyd off the bench too. They're they're so deep. Yeah, Press is a player that that can start in in the Netherlands, in 100%. Sweden, in any team, Germany as a forward for sure. Like like winger forward and that the versatility. She can play right. She can play left. She can play yeah. up. I think she could even play left back with her speed and determination in the in the in the game. Um, she's somebody who has a great character and I really appreciate. It. And she's definitely not talked about enough. But Marco, um, keep going about uh about the U.S. and that game. In England, yeah, for sure. So, if you didn't see it, that match ended two to one. Yeah, and I want to say that the star players were definitely Kristen Press due to that golasso. Yeah. Wasn't even a goal; it was a golasso. <laughs> but however, Ellen White, the the amazing striker for England, she was actually in the in the running for uh, the Golden Boot for yeah. the team and yeah, for the was. tournament, alongside with Megan Rapino and Alex Morgan. She also scored a golasso, and it made it yeah. an interesting game. So moving forward with this USA squad, I do understand that Ellen White scored that, but Alex Morgan had to come in and say, you know what? It's my birthday. I'm going to do whatever I want. <laughs> I'm going to be the first woman to ever score on her birthday in the entire history of this World Cup. It's been around since 1991, nice. baby. And she did it on her 30th birthday, scored an amazing goal to keep to to regain the lead against England and eventually put them back into the World Cup final for the third time in a row. Now, what's crazy about that game is that there's so many underrated players that you don't hear about. But, damn, Julie Ertz balled the hell out. Tobin Heath had some amazing crosses. And when you look at their defense, especially starting with their goalkeeper, Alyssa Neher, who had that amazing save off the penalty kick in, like, the 81st minute that could have eventually tied the game. It's just – it's beautiful. It's poetry, man. This whole USA soccer team just – Every single player comes in clutch in the most crucial moments, man. Yeah, Becky Sarbrun, Kelly O'Hara, who also kind of like Lucy Bronze, you know, a right back who loves to play forward and set up their key pieces in the in the penalty box. You got Abby Dow Kemper, who just holds it down like a damn anchor. Yeah. And then you look at the Crystal Dunn. Juan, I do want to ask you about her. so many times. Crystal, oh, hold up. Give me a second. For sure. <laughs> I'm on a roll here. <laughs> Crystal Dunn, like I've mentioned Juan so many times. I know she hasn't scored in this World Cup, but damn, in her club presence, she's considered as one of the top 15 scorers in the entire world. And she's a left back, bro. She's a left back. It's ridiculous. Go ahead, John. Yeah, I did want to ask you about her because she is very attack minded, clearly. And she's like, she's kind of an attacker by trade. So I wanted Mm -hmm. to ask you, how do you think she's going to fare going up against the like explosive Netherlands wingers? Like, Van de Sanden, as you mentioned earlier, that speed off the bench. I'm, yeah. That's a matchup I'm looking forward to. Oh, dude, it's going to be so fun to watch. However, yeah, it, it is going to be fun with Van de Sanden coming off the bench, but you got to look at players like Leek Martins and Vivian. Yeah, Medina. yeah. I know Medima's a forward in true nine. And what's crazy about Medima, fun fact, she's only 22 years old and has 61 goals for her international country. That is crazy. That's ridiculous. She's my age, bro. <laughs> she's my age. She's making me feel like I'm not doing anything was, with my I life. I was about to say that. Yeah, it makes you question. <laughs> she has 61 goals. She leads the entire country in the That's history. She crazy. leads all records for most goals. But then you got Leek Martins, who plays for, I want to say, Barcelona. Yeah. And she's an right. absolute baller, dude especially on the right side. She just she knows how to play extremely well. She has amazing footwork, and she cuts and gets right behind the defense at perfect moments and can just throw in that dagger, that final dagger in most crucial moments for the Netherlands. Now, I don't know how they're going to hold up against Crystal Dunn. I don't know how they're going to hold up against Kelly O'Hara. 
And I don't know how they're going to hold up against Alyssa Nair with those golden hands. But damn, I just I can't emphasize it enough that this is going to be such a great game to watch. Man. I don't I don't know, Marco. We keep on talking about all these strikers, but um, Lineth Bierenstein, who is the mm, one that switches mm-hmm, switches mm-hmm. on and off with Van der Sanden. Yeah, she's been getting some starts, and she's been given the opportunity to play in big matches like against Sweden. And she's an yep. engine down that right side, and that right side is the USA's left side, which Dunn. Dunn plays in. So what's going to happen if Dunn? gets uh, carried away going forward. Exactly. She, she, her, Sanden, I think, is a little bit slower than Berenstain. I think Berenstain is going to, if she starts, she's going to make that side a nightmare if Crystal Dunn decides to have a, a hero match. Um, uh, you know, that's the best way I can That's why it. I'm really excited to see that. And then one more thing I wanted to say about the U.S. You can definitely expand on this, Marco. Something I kind of think. Uh, Alex Morgan, I'm glad she got on the score sheet against England. Yeah. Because... I don't think she was having that great of a tournament, to be honest. After when she when she netted five, obviously against Thailand, she was kind of quiet. Against Spain, uh, she did not play that well, and I'm glad she finally got on the score sheet. I guess that's what good players do: come up clutch like that with goals. But what uh-huh. do you, what do you think of Alex Morgan so far in this tournament? Yeah, that's a good question. Look, no, that is a great question. Look, she's getting all the hype from the media. Yeah. Um, especially like I mentioned with with my girlfriend and her family who don't really watch the sport, but they know her. Look, she's a, a beautiful woman. The media media loves her. She plays amazing soccer extremely yeah. well. But I couldn't agree more. She has had a quiet World Cup. Now, breaking that seal against England with that goal is definitely in a motivation booster. Like, she's definitely going to come into this, this next game feeling, you know what, I got this. Like, I, I'm not going through that yeah. slump anymore. Now, that slump... I got to say, I feel like she wasn't 100%. I feel like she oh, okay. was definitely injured in a couple occasions. Yeah, she was a little bit especially, injured. Her ankle. Yes, she yes. She grabbing her that ankle. Especially. The last she was three getting games. fouled yeah. extremely hard, man. And there were moments moments where she would grimace and she would get off the field and get subbed by yeah. Carly Lloyd. And I think that happened in two separate occasions, maybe even three. But I feel like, especially with the World Cup title on the line, she's going to give it all she has, even if she's not 100%. So... No, that's a great question, John, really, but I feel I feel like the reason why she was just having issues with with like throughout this entire tournament is because of how hard she was getting hit. Yeah, she I know was, she was getting studs up 100% like, smacked in the ankle. Spain was going in so hard on her. Yes, man, that's what I'm saying. And you know how the Spanish players can get. <laughs> yeah. Now, um that's a good answer. I, you know, I I kind of agree uh with what Marco had to say. Uh she's been injured. Yeah. She's been feeling that ankle a little bit. But, wow, I mean, if we take it back to England, that was a golazo, like, like Marco said oh, before. Beautiful. And I want, yeah. to, I want to run you guys because run you guys down these goals because the way that they happened were so key, so nice. When Tobin Heath grabs that ball on the right side and then passes it deep into the cor- toward the corner flag, and what does Rose Lavelle do when the ball's nearing her? Dummies it. The ball passes that through the legs. So dirty. And oh, Kelly O'Hara yes. understands. What do I say when the ball goes out wide, if you've watched a game with me? Wingers, fullbacks, don't take a touch. Dunk it in the box. If don't kill the play, don't take two touches. Don't take three touches. Dunk. That's exactly what she did. Perfect yep. second post and press was there to finish it. Now Lindsey Horan, I took my hat off, even though I don't even I didn't even have a hat at the time, but I took it off <laughs> when I saw that pass to Alex Morgan. Oh my pinpoint! You're so corny. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I had to. Yeah, That's Alex hilarious. Morgan's finish was beautiful. 
with her head. But nevertheless, the teamwork was seen in that England game. And John, I want to ask you a question. We're going to take it back a little bit. Okay. Um, John, Spain versus USA. Spain definitely gave uh, the USA hard. Like, it, it made sure. them work hard, right? Um, what can... Do you think the Netherlands can adopt anything that Spain did? Or let me rephrase the, the sentence, the question better. Um, should they actually pick up some things or should they stick to their natural playing style? And by, by this, I go back to the should they sit back or should they go on attack and, and get that get that W? Get okay, that win? yeah. So I think one thing that Spain did, and we kind of touched on it earlier, was Spain was not afraid to, to, to tackle, to to dig in uh, against the U.S., and it really frustrated them. I mean, Spain did as good as they could do in a loss. They, The only two shots on target the U.S. had were the two penalties. So I think the Netherlands shouldn't be afraid to to be physical, honestly. And go forward, chase that one. Yeah. Gotcha. Now, Marco, anything else about the U.S.? Anything else that, that, that you catch? I mean, we've pretty much named all the players. Uh, Nair has been doing better. Someone who, yeah, I agree. who we thought was the weak link to this team, but then puts them into um, the final after saving that penalty. One more thing. Sorry, bro. I do want to say one more thing Not about that Spain game. Is Rose Lavelle looked really good. I don't think she didn't get on the score sheet. But Rose Lavelle was a monster. She was an engine in that midfield. She, she goes on these driving runs just through the heart of defenses. She did it against England a few times, and I know she did it against Spain. Uh, I'm excited to see Rose Lavelle also against the Netherlands. Yeah, Lavelle has a sixth sense for the game. She's definitely a natural. She knows exactly what's happening around her, and that's something that I've also noticed, and especially on that game against England. I saw it yeah. then perfectly. It was honestly beautiful. Marco, anything else on that USA team? Listen, I know she's going to come off the bench, but I feel like someone that we should definitely be paying attention to is Samantha Mewis. Yeah. Samantha Mewis has been extremely underrated. Her height is phenomenal. She knows how to control the tempo. Uh, she has great ball possession, and her vision is extraordinary. So definitely keep an eye out on her. If she does come in, if, especially if there's any injury or some type of yellow card that happens to either Lindsay or Ron or Julie Ertz, and definitely check out Samantha Mewis, guys. Please check her out. Give her some love for your boy Marco. Gotcha. <laughs> now, I want to enter into some final questions, and I want to ask both of you, how will the internet react to the U.S. winning it compared to the Netherlands? Oh, okay. I, th okay. I think, you know, that's a little bit, you got to put some, you know, your thinking caps on and, and start thinking about how the internet is going to react to the U.S. winning can I, can I compared to the Netherlands. Of yeah, course, go you can ahead, go Marco, first. Our U.S. Uh, expert. Yeah, do it. Listen, I, it's tough because I feel like Women's soccer just doesn't get enough credit for this whatsoever. And there's so many so many internet trolls. Like whenever Bleacher Report and ESPN starts posting their content on any social media platform, guys, if you ever read the comments, it's the most toxic thing I've ever it's read there, in my yeah. entire life. Ignorant stuff that you just that I honestly don't even want to repeat. And it's hard to, you know, just just let it go and you know what ignore the haters. But it, it just gets to a certain extent where you're like, dude. Like, what do you get out of this? Like, why do you have to, you know, shut down or, or make women's soccer so demeaning for no reason when most of the people commenting are men, probably 16, 17 years old, that will for sure get balled up against these women. <laughs> so when it, it, what I'm trying to say with this is that if the U.S. women win again, it's going to be phenomenal for them. It's going to be their, their first ever back-to-back -back World Cup title, their fourth ever, and they'll – 
like keep their lead with most ever World Cup titles their legacy in the history of the women's soccer world. They're going to be on top ahead of by two World Cup titles, which is great. Now, if the Netherlands win, I feel like the the competition is going to get even. Everything is going to be narrowed. Everyone's going to be like, "Oh crap, the U.S. can actually lose." <laughs> Let me maybe possibly pay attention to this sport a little more. Maybe it's not so one-sided, you know, like the Golden State Warriors and how they were. You know how Kawhi Leonard just destroyed yeah. everything right now and shook up the entire NBA world? Yeah. yeah. I feel like the Netherlands have that same exact opportunity right now. It's in the palm of their hands now. Can they grasp it? Do they have that potential to hold down with a tight grip and just grab that potential first ever title in their first ever World Cup final appearance, who knows? But it might be really, really good for this for the women's soccer world. But it's tough because you also want to see the U.S. win. Like yeah, they exactly. definitely deserve it. They have over twenty goals in the entire tournament. Like, come on, they're good for a reason. They definitely deserve it, especially after all this controversy with oh, you know, disrespecting people with their celebrations, thirteen or nothing against Thailand. Oh, that's too mean. Like, shut up, dude. Enjoy the soccer. <laughs> talent bro that you're witnessing yep so yeah (laughs) those are my thoughts i like it i just i want to echo kind of similar sentiments marco like the netherlands have been just such big underdogs this whole time like no one expected Mm -hmm. them to perform against sweden Dude, they were the dark horse yeah yeah and if i like i love cinderella stories you know like who doesn't and Mm -hmm. i don't want to cheer against the u.s obviously but if i mean (laughs) it would be so cool if netherlands won you know yeah Look, I, I wouldn't mind. I feel you on that. I completely agree. I kind of want to be on your side. So that's why I want to say hopefully they both tie 2-2 two to two and then just leave it to penalties. Because penalties, low-key, it's all about luck. Yeah, and if your I goal agree. is good enough. Destiny. So I feel like that's the most even thing. Like, we could both cheer. Oh, all three of us can cheer for both teams at the same time, you know? Just enjoy the actual game of soccer instead of rooting for one side. Yeah. Um, I think that if the Netherlands wins it, people are going to lose their minds on, on Twitter. So. Oh, for and sure. It's, it's their second ever time competing in the, in the World Cup. That'd be Cup. crazy. It's, it's definitely going to raise an eyebrow. And other teams, other European teams are going to be like, hey, we need to step up to this level. They beat the big, the big dogs, the West team, um, the West Giants, you know, the USA in the finals. We can do the same. <laughs> Right. And maybe more money will be injected into um, academies and and programs and the federations for women's and maybe they'll get paid more. You know, like I think it's 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 a ladder. It's it's a ladder going up. But in terms of social media, it's going to be toxic. And I wanted to bring that up because I I was reading through some comments of you put up anyone. ESPN puts a photo of Alex Morgan. You're going to get a bunch of disgusting stuff. And I hope that it's something that that changes, you know. Uh, it's it's almost like it's it's not funny for the most part. There's some that are like not so bad as others, you know. Some comments that might be a little bit funny, you know, in a satirical way. But some of the stuff is just outright like disrespectful. And yep. now I, I want to ask you about having different finals on the same day, right? One of my good friends oh, uh, put up a point, right? And he's like, well, if people like it, they can actually watch it because they're all separated by time and everything. And I think that's a that's a solid point. I, I don't think it's a it's a bad one. You know, if people actually want to watch it, then they will watch it. If people don't want to watch it, then they won't. But there's other three finals. One person can take so much soccer. Everybody's different, you know. Yeah. 
Someone that might not be too interested might watch men's just because it's men's and not watch women's. And that's a problem that I have with this. You're talking about the Gold Cup final. Gold Cup and Copa America final. Yeah. What? Like, yeah. was FIFA not thinking Honestly, about this? Like, what? what like, <sighs> I'm shocked that FIFA did that. I don't. There had to be a way to get around this. I mean, one way. They had to. They, they, they had to, but they, they decided to have them all. And I think this is not good for the women's sports. I don't think so either. If it was done directly, if it was done indirectly, it. It, it's, it's not nice. It's, it's just not good. Not good, I think, for the sport, um, for both sides. We're not letting women's soccer grow. And I think that's a problem. That's a problem. People are going to be tired after 120 minutes of soccer or they're going to be saving their energy to watch the other games, you know, depending on yeah. who you're a fan of. I know that Americans will watch this final no matter what because it's yeah. a U.S. women's team. But maybe if it wasn't, it, it'll be a little bit, you know, um, we wouldn't know. I mean, we, we just don't know. But yeah, I, th I, I thought that was a good point of, of, of him. You know, it's a solid point of him going against yeah. it. If, if they deserve the watchers, then they're going to, like, attract the watchers pretty much, you know, like the views. But it also, yeah. like, set, sets, like, a detour for people to watch something else instead of giving it, like, a special day for something so important. Because each one of these cups are important, and I feel like each one of these cups should have a separate day. I agree on that. Yeah, honestly, I agree. Like, when you start thinking about it, um, I, I do feel like, the Women's World Cup final, I'm pretty confident in their ratings, especially here in the U.S. They have a huge fan base. Um, but what sucks about this is that they only come around only four times a year, which which definitely sucks with this World Cup situation. However, you know how people don't really tend to tune in into the NWSL? Yeah. yeah. You know? But I, I, I got to agree with you, Juan. It, it's, it's not fair because when the Men's World Cup comes around in the summer, Every four years, everybody stops what they're doing. There's no other sport going on that anyone cares about because it's such a phenomenon around the world. Yeah. Why can't it be the same for women when it's the same exact thing? Competition. It it's the same sense. exact competition. And, 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 and like it's Megan, the biggest competition look, for them. Megan Rapino even w was asked about this in the press conference, and she had the same response that you did. It, it's dumb. It just doesn't yeah. make sense. You have three finals at the same time, dude. The same day, like, yeah. Like how do you? Yeah, same day. Excuse me. Like how do you, how do you not realize what's going on? Yeah. And like you gotta know. Like you're you're literally in charge of these games. Like do you not think about it's, these they, types they, of situations? They think like, about it. They plan it, it, it but they so just don't stress. care enough. Like that has yeah, to be the bottom line. They just don't like care enough because they haven't come out with any statement that says some logical that has some logical value behind it and something you know straight something on paper that says we did so so and so because this is the greater outcome for this situation. No, yeah. the women's deserve their World Cup to have their final, and you're mixing it up with Copa America, which okay, it's a competition that doesn't even get you like a place in the World Cup, and then the Gold Cup. Which is the same thing. It's for the Olympics. Which the US Nobody also cares in. about the Olympics in soccer. I'm sorry. Like it's like Messi yeah. won. Nah, Nobody really, counts no, that. No one really does because yeah. they're all like sub twenty. But yeah, actually, John. Actually, yeah, the fact that the US is in. Ah, it's crazy. The US in the Gold Cup final and the US in the World Cup final and like I oh, guess that's pretty cool though. Yeah, it's cool, cool for sure, but I don't know why. I don't know why they would do that. And I'm not trying to pile on and I'm not trying to like whine or anything, but I can't imagine. No, I am. Dude, I, I can't imagine the if US the US men's soccer team sucks. Nah, I'm gonna say come that. on, come on. Everybody they're, they're should, building. Dude, they're building. Dude, I know. Okay, what I wanted building, to say, but they're definitely not on the same level as the women's. And that's in, 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 the, in, the, in the spectrum, in each spectrum, relatively, it just doesn't make sense. But what I did want to say is that it would be hard to imagine 
FIFA scheduling a different cup final on the same day as the men's World Cup final. Exactly. Like, I feel like there is, it's, there's something going on there. You know, I couldn't see FIFA course, doing bro, that. Bias, so. Favoritism, bias, and, it, and, and it has to do with views and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like, no. you know, they, they thought about it. They did it one way because they have their reasons, but the reasons might be a little bit dark, and that's what I have a problem with. Now, yeah, um, those dark reasons can possibly be just because of their gender. Yeah, there might even be some like machismo going on inside of the FIFA front office. Ooh, maybe, good word. Maybe. I now, know these are some some crazy, you know, allegations, but who knows, bro? We're just a small local podcast. There. Gotcha. <laughs> well, we're at almost forty minutes, and I wanted to keep this at like thirty-five, but we can definitely um, go ahead I mean, and, and say our, our quick our quick predictions. Yeah. Now, John, would you like to take care of the first one? Yeah, I'll take care of the first one. I think uh, I think it's going to be a good game. I'm obviously super excited like the rest of us are. I think the U.S. is going to edge it out. I think the experience is going to be a big factor on that U.S. squad. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, score? What's your score? What's your final, oh, final, What's your score? final score? I could definitely see the Netherlands getting at least a goal with their with their legit attackers up top. I'll go 2-1. Uh, okay. No okay. extra time. 90 minutes. Gotcha. All right. Similar so kind of like an uh, yep. England situation, I feel you. Gotcha. Uh, I'm definitely going to go ahead and say 3-1 USA. Okay. I do feel like they're going to catch stride. Megan Rapinoe is going to be back on the pitch. You know, she's going to be 100% for sure. I feel like she's going to have that momentum coming back in. You know, having that itch that she didn't play the last game. Uh, Alex Morgan definitely just broke the seal from not scoring in the past five games and finally scoring on her birthday. So I feel like there's going to be golazos all around. Um, I don't know who's going to score for Netherlands. Obviously, no one ever does, but they're definitely they're they're going to get a goal in. If England can do it, then Netherlands can do it. So it's going to be a great game. Hopefully, it's tied one-one for a while. But I do feel like the USA are just going to edge it out and possibly have a dagger in like the 90th minute, make it three-one. Well, I want to have a jaw-dropping final, and a jaw-dropping final would only um, end in the Netherlands' favor. So one-one, yeah. do it. Do it. Penalties. This oh. time it's going to happen. England failed me. Another one's failed. But this time it will happen. I want it to happen. Not because I adore the U.S. team. I, I, I really root for them. But it's just, you know, sometimes I like soccer too much. I like, I yeah. like soccer more than I like the U.S. team. Yeah, yeah, and it happens fair. to me sometimes even, well, not with Manchester United in the Premier League. Huh. But um, I don't know. Sometimes I just want the underdog. It's the to, beautiful game. Yeah, I, I want the underdog to win. And, and in this in this scenario, hey, most of my life, man, I played on a team that wasn't as good as the best team. But sometimes we went on and beat them. And those are memories that I'm never going to forget. And when I because see of that. Effort, right? Yeah. And when I see that. Um, if I get to see that on, 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 you know, on the faces of them and like all these Netherlands players, I'm just gonna be like, I, I literally will get teary, and 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 that's where the satisfaction lies in the sport and me, you know, it's it's well, not about the team you, that you support, but like you, the beautiful game itself. Do you feel like their goalie Van, Van Venendel is gonna have a phenomenal game or not? You know, like the whole team has to have a phenomenal game. Yeah, I think she's going to keep her good role and she's going to have, you know, she's the captain. She's going to have a good role in this game. She's going to try to keep clean. And I haven't seen her make any any mistakes in this tournament. She's had some good games. Yeah. So I think, I think she, yeah, she definitely has to have a great impact if the Netherlands win. It goes hand to hand. And by me saying that the Netherlands will tie 1-1, I'm, I'm sure that she can do it. Yeah. I do want to say, even though my prediction was 2-1, if the U.S. scores first, I wouldn't be surprised if they start tacking on goals after that, maybe two or three, 
And then I, th I think the Netherlands will get on the score sheet, but I wouldn't be surprised to see like a 3-1 Marco, like you said. Or I, I could see the U.S. piling them on if they score first, because the Netherlands' inexperience might just, it might be their downfall. I th everyone has to have such a good game for them. But they've made it this far, yep. yeah. so I can't count them out completely, you know? Well, um, Sweden might have counted them out a little bit too early. Um, because they got scored on an extra time, and I expect I expect a late goal from from the Netherlands, an early goal from the U.S., late goal, extra time, grueling, tired, get to the get to the final penalty rounds, and, yeah. and they'll kick it there, and, and we'll see. Well, this will not be our last episode. We have like a couple more lined up. Um, I think we 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 did a good job informing our viewers about this final, and, and I'm actually excited. Um, any last words, guys? No. USA. USA. <laughs> All right. There you go, Marco. All right. And like always, we like to thank the listeners. You guys are what the people that keep us going. Hell also, yeah. like amongst each other, we talk about this podcast. And when we're here at the office, we're always having fun talking about it. And Marco's no longer here, but we text from now from every now and then. We like tweet and stuff like that. So we've definitely sure. kept close. And it's it's been a fun experience. I'm talking like if it's the last one. But yeah, thank you, listeners. Remember to check out WRUF. That's where we do our web stories. Subscribe to um, our SoundCloud, The Gator Congregation. And follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handles will be below. And like always, I like to say, Gator Congregation, out.